Hello and welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast, the only show more boring than Sunday's match between Liverpool and Manchester United. My name's Oscar and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host Blake Munchell. Blake, how are you? How's everything? I am happy that our recording schedule is going to return to normal. Uh, Yes. We're out of, for the most part, the insane fixture list. um, And Mm -hmm. I'm much looking forward to like only having to deal with one match day per week. Yeah, I think what we've got some, we've got a decent amount of Premier League matches this week. And then I think it starts to just do weekends again. So it'll be easier for us. Easier for you, yeah. because you track all of our predictions and everything, and that must take time. So I should probably pick up this, pick up the slack. Yes, it's, um, I, I think we're, we're going to get to the point where we only have like one midweek match mm. per match day. Um, but then, soon. Of, but then like, we've got so many of these teams that are out completely for COVID that I don't know when they're going to reschedule all of that stuff. Because Villa, like, what three behind four behind some teams now like four crazy. behind some yeah, teams it's terrible that is yeah yeah it's unbelievable hmm. there's very well, this... few teams who've actually played 19 matches yeah yeah well that was yeah you newcastle today so then arsenal as well i think wolves and palace and sheffield united the list and... is sheffield united brighton wolves oh, right. Palace, Arsenal, mm. and that's it. Wow. No Newcastle. And it'll be us tomorrow because we play West Brom. Um, okay, before we dive into it, I got a you know public service announcement to the listeners is that this will be the last podcast I record at my family home. So I'll be back at school this coming this next this coming Sunday. Yeah, it's Monday, and hopefully. My internet will be okay, but I have no promises um, because I know that they they sent us a message saying we're like redoing your entire like Wi-Fi, everything, and the internet's going to be down for several days. So we might have to work around that, but just a heads up. Yes, uh, my alma, ma- alma mater is well known for having Wi-Fi problems. Yes, especially in a new semester, so... Fingers yes. crossed, I guess. All right. Shall we dive into it? Let's yes. It. Yes. Um, so we did not do uh we did not do predictions two podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did do it last uh recording, um, yeah. although the file was corrupted, so you yes. would not have heard that. You would have only heard uh where we uh what did we do on our last podcast? We did our team of 2020 slash the season so far. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, check it out. It was a great episode. Y- well, yeah, cracking Apart one half fact. of one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the fact we um, lost most of it. But we did do um, predictions, and mm-hmm. for the most part, uh, you dominated me again. Yes. Um, you had a double oh, yeah. perfect prediction. Yes. You exactly predicted... Everton Wolves, and you exactly predicted uh, Spurs Sheffield United, but I very accurately predicted Manchester United Liverpool. Yes, a zero zero draw. Plus, I wrote stinker next to it, and it was a stinker. Yeah, extra um, points. 
I should get three points for that, but I only gave myself this week of predictions. Oscar ended up net to plus three overall. Wow. That I'm, I'm chuffed. I've got to say. If you gave that amount oh, of points, one of them being the team I love uh, and also yeah. hate. So, well, I mean, okay. Speaking of atrocious teams, I guess we should get into our recapping of the matches. But first, we're going to drop Craig because yes, we, want, Craig... we want smooth technology this episode. So we'll be right back. So, there with this, uh, like long, many match days congested fixture list there are a lot of matches to talk about um mm -hmm. we're gonna skip over a lot of them like yep. burnley manchester united um where like manchester united wins because they have a 500 million dollar squad exactly. and burnley have like a 20 million dollar squad yeah, um, exactly. and even though man you play like shit like they still win mm -hmm. um so the first match I want to talk about with you, Mr. Oscar Saywell, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is the toothless, pathetic, oh, no. embarrassing performance that was 100% expected by every Newcastle fan. Uh, the 1-0 loss to winless Sheffield United. No longer winless. Uh, yeah. No longer winless. They more than doubled their points total. Um, it wow. was very reminiscent of the season where Darby uh, got four points from Newcastle wh while setting the all-time low points record. Um, it was unbelievable from the get-go. Uh, as soon as an hour before the match, when the lineups were announced, uh, one, it was a five at the back. Yeah, um, wow. But yeah. not only a five at the back, a five at the back with a center back at left wing back. And then two holding midfielders. Um and uh, a center defensive mid in Sean Longstaff played at right wing. So who knows what um, was even happening from the lineup. Um but that is going up against the lowest scoring team in any of the top 4 leagues in england um there is no team all the way down to league two that has scored fewer goals this season oh my um, that's dreadful yep i know uh it i i think one of the worst parts about covid um and this is said like very tongue-in-cheek because yeah. obviously there's a lot of things that are really bad about covid but in terms of a footballing sense um if there were fans in the stadium, they would uh, probably be throwing uh, cabbages at Steve yeah. Bruce. Like, I can't imagine uh, something. I think it would be like a, a pitch invasion with a protest until they sack Steve Bruce. Um, yeah. I tweeted out today, um, Newcastle have two points from a possible 27 in their last nine matches played. Um, which, how is that not a sackable offense? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, if there were fans in the sta stadium, the pressure would be, like, even too much for Mike Ashley. I feel like it's sort of going under the radar because you don't have a bunch of, a bunch of uh, Newcastle fans screaming in a stadium every week. 
Yeah. Um, hmm. It this match started out with Newcastle willing Sheffield United to come at them. Um, yeah. N- no effort to hold the ball or anything. Just hoof it to Sheffield United. Let them attack. Um, which I guess could be a viable strategy because they score f- so yeah, few badly. ball goals, but they don't score because they don't create. And when you let them create, yeah, exactly. oh my goodness, shocker, they got a goal. Yeah. Um, Inevitable. Yeah, but um, just before uh, halftime, uh, there was a red card from mm-hmm. Ryan Fraser mm-hmm. um, in which he did two stupid tackles within three minutes of each other. Um People are talking about this because they think it's potentially intentional. Um, wow. He wanted to get off the pitch, um, which I don't argue with because uh, he didn't argue uh, with the second yellow. Um, none of his teammates looked at him as he left the, the field. None of the coaches or anything acknowledged Fraser. He didn't acknowledge them. He just walked straight through. Um, well, what's happening there then? Why? It's, I mean, there's been these reports of fallouts over and over and over again. Um, There's probably now it's up to like six players or something uh, that have had fallouts with Steve Bruce. I mean, like, why would you want to, like, why would you want, like, if you're Sean Longstaff and you're a 23 year old, like, decent prospect, and (laughs) Steve Bruce is like, we're going to put you out at right wing against the worst team in the Premier League. Um, he's gonna it's be like, been, what? It's been a pretty, dis- I mean, more than a disastrous move for Ryan Fraser. I mean, I know it was on a free, so it's like not terrible for Newcastle financially, but I mean, it's, it's awful. He hasn't scored for you in the league, right? I mean, he's he's done nothing. He, yeah, he scored he's on his played. debut. Um, yeah, in the cup, but then, uh, yeah, since then, I think he's had two appearances. Do you think he card. wants? Do you think he wants out? Yeah, um, Bournemouth fans are talking Just about how it's exactly, oh. exactly what happened last season. So, oh wow, yeah, that's that's um, that's poor. I I I don't really get why players do this, you know, because he's what he's twenty six. Like, surely he should be motivated. I mean, I know like Newcastle is a club in the mire, so it's maybe kind of difficult to get motivated. But I'm not really sure what else he's looking for. Mm. Oh well, but bef- I mean. So, yes, infighting at Newcastle. Yes, horrible performance. Um, just to wrap up this recap. Yeah. Uh, for at one point, uh, I think it was from halftime until they scored their goal in the 73rd minute, Sheffield United had 90% possession. Um, Sheffield United. That's oh, coming oh, out of halftime. Um, that's terrible. And uh, there was a definite handball by uh, Fetty Fernandez. Mm. Uh, they convert the penalty. They get out with a mm. 1-0 win. Yeah. Um, Billy Sharp's really 100th league goal for his beloved Sheffield United, which was nice. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure he's not super happy with the way the season's going, but it's one, it. one little bright spot for him. But Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. Well, that's... There- uh, Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to go on to the next match. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say uh, it's not like it's going to get much better in like half an hour when we talk about Newcastle playing Arsenal today, but let's move on. Let's move on away from all this sadness for you because I don't like it when Newcastle are terrible. It makes me sad. 
Um, wh- where do you want to go next? Honestly, there's so many games. I can't even remember. We have Everton beating Wolves 2-1 away from home. I have a Tottenham. quick point yeah, go about ahead. that. Two things. Okay. Uh, one, Rui Patricio has not held a clean sheet in that? 12 matches now. Yeah, um, bad. And really bad. Uh, the Rui goal from inside the box in the Premier League. Wow. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the leaky defense that's I think people are starting to wake up to because obviously there's been so much talk about um, Raul Jimenez's absence that they're sort of talking about, oh, you need to fill like a, the hole that he's left. But I mean, we were talking we were talking about this like sublime back three last season of Connor Cody and Willy Bolly and one of Saiz or uh, what's his name? Leander Den Donker. Um, and like, yeah, you know, Doherty. And- Doherty. Doherty and uh, whoever it was, Castro out on the on the left. But yeah, it's really this leaky defense that's getting down. Do you want to combine Everton, their loss to Everton with a loss to West Brom? Because I have more notes on that. Yes, uh, that we match should. for this like weekend. All right then. Okay, let's let's go. Um, let's go West Brom Wolves. Because six matches into his um, managerial stint at West Brom, Allardyce finally has his victory although they remain 19th. Um, It was Pereira, the championship hero, who scored two penalties, and Sami Ajayi, who is actually, I think he's emerging as a real, like, dominant goal-scoring defender because he's got a few this season now, right? I mean, he got one against City and Liverpool, I think, and he headed in a goal. Um, I thought it was really interesting, just to go back to the walls, that Nuno Espirito Santo build this as a must-win match beforehand in his press conference. He was like, we've got to win this. And they ended up losing. So I'm sure he's livid at his players. Um, the loss leaves them still 10 points clear of the relegation zone, but slipping steadily down the table. I saw that Fabio Silva scored. Um, nice. It was a good and, goal. Yeah, it was a good goal. And they, uh, I didn't realize they had brought Patrick Cutrone back from his terrible, disastrous loan stint at Fiorentina. Yep. And he was like up there I, I caught like the last 10 minutes of this game, basically. And um, uh, and it was really all Wolves in that final period. And it was like resolute West Brom, Allardyce-esque defending. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, do you have anything to talk about in this match? I have a couple of questions for you. Um, it was really, it's good to see Fabio Silva score. Yeah, um, He's had a hard time in the Premier League. Um, the uh will bali goal uh oh, yeah. brought back horror flashbacks um because yeah. will bali has probably scored five or six headed goals against newcastle and although mm-hmm. this one wasn't headed um he's still from a set piece yeah. um he's just he's like a a single man bogeyman uh yeah. for newcastle um all he does is score against us um yeah he's like uh, yeah that's that's um that's Wilson to us. So Yeah. Sloppy defending. Um hmm. by Wolves. They were their own worst enemy. Yeah, um, very strange. Although West Brom looked fine. Yeah, they looked fine. Oh, I thought Snodgrass was really good. He he played a full nine or maybe not a full ninety, but he definitely started. And um yeah, uh I think that's a really savvy signing. Um because people will sort of see that as like, uh, you know, Sam Allardyce signs like a journeyman, but he'll bring a blend of 
like industry creativity and also like excellence on set pieces and so it sort of seems like the perfect sam allardyce player which is kind of nice um i wanted to ask you do do you think west brom i mean i don't think either of us think that they have a chance of staying up if i'm right in thinking that Um, they have a chance yeah so i was gonna ask i was gonna ask do you think they have to recruit even more to stay up or do you think that sam allardyce can fashion like a team that survives in the premier league with his current crop um well one i don't think they really can recruit um it's that one it's a, a club like west brom um really why and then two they're almost guaranteed to go down um if you're a good enough player to keep them up, why would you go down there just to leave yeah, in six months when they get re- relegated? Um, yes. Or if you're good enough and you do keep them up, then you have to stay there another year again. They're going to have to rely on some sort of player who's a he. He needs his last chance to impress in the yeah. Premier League. Maybe bring back Jesse Lingard, Morrison. Yeah, Jesse oh, God, Lingard, no. like <laughs> one of these, yeah, one of these players who's been arrested a few times. Uh, oh God! Honestly, Jesse Lingard probably wouldn't be a horrible shout. I mean, I, I've seen him linked on like on loan for a six months stint at Sheffield United, and I feel like he'd have a better chance of showcasing his abilities with West Brom because they have way more of a chance of staying up than Sheffield United do. But I wouldn't. I guess I probably wouldn't love it if I was a West Brom fan bringing Jesse through the door. Um, um I've heard that Jesse Lingard wants to leave, but Ole wants to keep him at Manchester United. It seems kind of weird from Ole. Like he's not gonna play him, so I may as well just let him leave. I want I want all these like rejected English players like Phil Jones and Lingard. I want them to just go abroad. I you know, just do a Chris Smalling and find like a lovely home at Roma and live in the in sunny Italy, and it, come on, what a like that's the dream, surely. Just just leave Manchester, my god. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. playing in Newcastle, it's like playing exactly. in Manchester, like why, yeah, why, like go go play in Rome, go play in Nice. That's where I saw Lingard, like maybe we'll go to Nice. I don't understand why. I mean, I don't know, I, I get that you know, these players have kids, so it's pretty hard to like uproot your children. But you know, it's the appeal would be pretty damn strong for me. I think, um, rather than playing in the, not even playing, right? Just training in like the pouring, freezing rain of Manchester versus sunning it somewhere on the continent. Anyway, no, I agree. Yeah, I would like if Jesse left the Premier League because it'd mean I would have to see a lot less of him. Exactly. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, can we yeah. do? You, can we move on? Can we move on to my beloved hammers? Um, before we get there, okay. um, I will quickly talk about Spurs Fulham, um, yeah, a match in which um, both teams played well and might be the turning of a corner for Fulham, who all of a sudden are playing very well against a lot of mm-hmm. very good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was a just all in all a fully deserved point from both sides um right. i don't really have much more to say yeah um there was man city one brighton zero um in which man city dominated a large portion of the game um just happened to miss 
a lot of chances. Um, there was a good goal by Phil Foden. There was yeah. a missed penalty from Raheem Sterling, um, which will not give his critics um, any resolve. Um, mm. I'm sure they're eating him alive over that. Oh. Um, there was an incredibly boring 0-0 Arsenal Crystal Palace. That was a horrible um, game. I watched a full 90 and I was very sad about it. So, The most important thing coming out of this is... Uh, Utzil confirmed on Twitter that he's going yes. to defend Bache, um, which he is finally freed from a finally. Uh, yeah a mid table Premier League team. Yeah, exactly um, from a toxic club. So I hope he honestly, I hope he like just balls out in Turkey. You know, like I hope he's because you forget the guy's thirty two. He's not even old. You know, he could he could have a few good years in him yet. So I hope that comes up in a. Yeah, and then he's gonna come join DC United and make DC yeah, exactly. United good again. And then you know when this is all over, we can, I don't know, record a yeah. live podcast from a Mesa Özil DC United match or something. Um, I would love that. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's it's talk West about Ham West Brom. Ham fine. Yep. Yes, it is. West Brom. No, West, we talk about I, West Ham. Sorry, I'm I was trying to say West Burnley, West Ham. Uh, it's the uh, it was the claret derby, the claret and blue derby. Um, on paper, it was a tight West Ham victory. Um, it seems like a pretty typical sto- scoreline. It definitely is a typical sto- scoreline for West Ham. I think our past four victories in all competitions have been one nils. Um, I think in reality, while we it, it once again wasn't a masterclass from us, um, we were definitely the best team, and the game was probably never in doubt after Antonio poked in a four nails cross after nine minutes um for that goal bowen sort of pulled the defense out super wide which meant that burnley's center backs switched positions and one of their fullbacks was like in no man's land so it just allowed antonio to kind of move forward and poke past um nick pope um I just I'm proud of myself for looking at that because I never look at the defense and you know I wanted to like analyze that so you know props to me I guess um Ogbonna should have had a goal but it crashed off the crossbar and then the one of the most frustrating things was Bowen Rice and Yarmolenko all made really poor decisions in attacking sequences that meant the scoreline stayed at 1-0 especially Bowen he had like two chances where he should have squared it or just pulled the trigger and he didn't which is sort of nerve-wracking because you know, I don't, you know, I mean, it's great that we're winning, but one nils are always kind of iffy. Um, ben Rama was really great. He had 94 pass, 94% pass accuracy. He was really busy. And we've now only lost twice in our previous 12 league fixtures. Um, and we saw Mipo Odubeko, our super highly rated striker, but he's only 18, on the bench. And he possibly came on. No, I don't think he came on, actually. Um, but he will soon, I'm sure. And yeah, I mean, I guess my question to you after any of your points about this match is do we buy a striker or do we like try and resolve these issues in-house? Um, okay, so answering your question first. Um, okay. I think David Moyes is going to say uh, something along the lines of it's like a new signing with Michael Antonio being back. Yeah. Oh, he, um, he already has. You're right. You're correct. They so they're just gonna run with him, uh, and like Yarma is gonna be the backup. Yeah. Um, 
and that's what they're going to do. And then who knows what they'll do over the summer. Um, I'm sure West Ham are a little bit cash strapped right now. Oh, very. Um, 20 million very recently. Um, so I think, no, they don't improve in January. They do improve in July. Um, um, I will say uh, the man who you consistently slate and uh, scored the game winner in this. <laughs> I don't slate um, him. And I love him. All you do is him. how you talk about him. me wrong. He has been. I, I mean, I went back down on that, but maybe maybe this is his like, time. Yeah, I just want to say it was like a very poorly defended cross. Um, whoever yeah. This, just... So my question for you is what happens to Burnley with this takeover? So um, I know that this new owner is super committed to them. He's moved from the States to live in Burnley, which is frankly, not to be rude, but frankly, uh, impressive. Um, I think, look, I think that they'll start to back Sean Dyche, basically. And I'm sure Sean Dyche has plenty of players that he'll want to to bring in. And this might mean that, um, I don't know, maybe next season we'll see uh, much more solid Burnley and maybe see a little bit of innovation from Daesh, who's a manager who's like done an incredible job keeping this club up. Um, so yeah, I guess if they can stay up this season, which they probably will, um, maybe we'll see like a resurgent Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the, like 1960 when they won the top yeah. division. Yeah. Maybe um, that would be glorious. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Burnley winning the Premier League. Yeah, it would be quite a sight to see. Um, all right, moving on. Um, Brighton defeated Leeds one nil. Um, in a mm-hmm. very strange match. Um, yeah, kind of not what you expected from a Leeds team that has had no problem scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Um, well, until recently. Well, yeah, I until guess until recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I meant like there's like this, uh, like this problem of scoring goals is a recent thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Recent as in their last three matches where they are scoreless, being beaten 3 0 by Tottenham, 3 0 by Crawley Town, and 1 mm-hmm. 0 by Brighton. Um, there was, uh, it, it should have honestly been 2 0 to Brighton. Yes. Uh, Neil Mape dove in the 10th minute for no apparent reason um he was through on goal um he's a really good finisher i don't know why he dives because he's um, an idiot yeah but yeah uh, but six minutes later he got his goal um yep brighton just passed their way through leads and like it's a really easy goal um i don't really have many other notes for this match other than uh mm-hmm. This was probably heartbreak for Ben White as the team he plays for yeah. beats the team he wants to play for. It, yeah, the team he clearly loves. I, I was actually, um, I was going to note that it was Ben White who dribbled into central midfield like really nicely, who then found McAllister. And then there was like a lovely sequence of play with Trossard. And that sort of led to the goal. So it was really Ben White's like endeavor um, to get up the field that led to the goal. I'm sure it's Although the defending was poor. Yeah. I mean, Yes, it's. I've never seen a player that like so clearly wants to play for for another team, but is sort of like just doing his job playing for Brighton. Maybe Brighton will become more exciting and he'll be happier there. Um, Leeds were missing Melier and goal, uh, so they were playing the hated uh, Casilla and the um, bastard. Yeah, the uh, complete. He shouldn't 
be allowed anywhere near a football pitch. Um, and uh, but more importantly, they were missing Calvin Phillips, <clears throat> which you know they seem to fall apart when he's not around. Um, my question to you he, is: Look, sorry, go ahead. Calvin Phillips played for Leeds against Crawley Town, and they mm. lost. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Um, my question to you is: Like, is this classic Bielsa team exhaustion? Um, is that what's happening here? Because a few of their players look dead in the water. Yes, but it's not a uh, terminal diagnosis for the rest of yeah. the season. This is uh, we're we're going to see them probably not perform well in the next two or three matches, but then they're going to have enough Reset. break where I'm sure we'll see a resurgence. Um, which uh, Newcastle play leads oh, coming no. up? Maybe this um, is a chance for you. Uh, yeah, praying that they're all just exhausted right. and they can't yeah. field a team. So, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't have much more to say. Do you have anything no. to say? Not really. And I equally don't have much to say about Chelsea, who um, played Fulham, won 1 0. And I was extremely disappointed because I was really hoping that Fulham would do something. And I. I Chelsea, so they finished the match with like 70% possession and 21 shots or something. Frank Lampard said of the match, I'm not that happy, but I guess we won, which isn't that enthusiastic, but I guess pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say other than, I guess, I don't really get why people, I think you'll disagree with me, but I, I don't really understand why people make so much fun of Mason Mount. Because, <clears throat> I think people like pretend he's some like shit player. He's clearly not. Like, I think his biggest crime that he's is basically he's not Jack Grealish and he's he's just like a reliable player who's super important for Chelsea I feel like he gets pelters when he probably shouldn't but yeah that's just my one opinion about this match I dislike him because he looks like a wanker um <laughs> but uh I guess that's not like a great reason to hate <laughs> oh well um, this is good a reason as any I guess um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's a, a fine enough player. Last season, right. seven goals, five assists. I That's quite like pretty, him, to be honest with you. Pretty damn good. I just yeah, I just think people doubt him a lot, and and they should give him more props, uh, especially because he's only twenty two. But anyway, um, what's next? What's next? Um, uh, so. Well, Southampton Leicester, yeah. You watched this one, right? I missed this one, unfortunately. Yes, I watched the entire match. Um, uh, it was a blast. Uh, I really enjoyed watching this match. It was um, not end-to-end, um, but back and forth, um, mm. which like, if end-to-end is like a slight negative connotation, back and forth, there was two teams with excellent passing creating like really well-worked chances. Um, it uh, started off the scoring with a really nice Madison goal where he breaks it to the byline and he, the goalie goes down cause he says, this is the only way they'll score here is him cutting it across. And uh, James Madison sort of just blasts it into the top of the net. Um, there was, after going uh, one nil down, there was an interesting moment where uh, Ryan Bertrand uh, full on like half smacks, half shoves uh, Albrighton 
while Alberton's mm-hmm. trying to take a uh, trying to take a throw in, and I really thought that that was going to be like a a VAR controversy controversy because oh, yeah. I thought they were going to send off Ryan Bertrand, and then people were going to be mad. But nothing ended up happening. Um, it all kind of just blew right over. But it was a hilarious thing you don't see very often. Where mm. although it almost happened in the Newcastle Arsenal match, where Bukayo Saka was like acting like a baby um, and mm. like insisting it was an Arsenal throw, even though they were three nil up, um, and Jamal Lewis came very close to shoving him. Um, but uh, there was a. Another really interesting moment that could have been an equalizer. Um, it's uh, Stuart Armstrong, who you have given praise for um, quite a bit. Um, yes. Who, although I haven't really noticed much of him um, in the 73rd minute. Uh, he just absolutely blasts the ball, comes right. off the crossbar, goes up in the air. It's coming down. Shane Long is right there, ready to head it in. And Johnny Evans just like blatantly shoves uh, Shane Long to the ground to prevent the open Mm. goal. The whistle blows and you think it's the penalty, but you see the ref has his uh, flag up for offsides. Yeah. um, Which I'm sure Johnny Evans uh, was the most relieved man in the world in that instance. Um, Mm. And uh, probably, yeah, after that, Lester had a chance to go 2-0 up. Um, and Ayose Perez, um, in truly Ayose Perez form, chose not to square it to the two players in the middle, um, chose to take it himself, and he missed quite badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, ooh, it's Harvey Barnes! Uh, <laughs> scores in the very end uh, to give them the 2-0 win. I'm assuming you've seen the, the Harvey Barnes clip. Yeah, I have, yeah. Amazing. I love yeah. that clip. <laughs> That's my best impersonation. And it's pretty good, uh, to be honest. Um yeah, I'm yeah, I'm sad I missed this one because there was a fair few damp squibs uh this this uh match week and um this sounded like a good one. I think it's funny, you said um <clears throat> excuse me, you said that uh end to end has a negative connotation, whereas back and forth has a positive connotation, and in my head it's opposite. So that's that's interesting. Um, so I think of end to end as more of like the game is getting stretched oh, and wow. back and forth is having good, like uh, Southampton get an opportunity, Leicester get an opportunity, Southampton yeah. get an opportunity, Leicester get an opportunity. Maybe it's um, that, you know, American English split once again, the cultural yeah. divide that looms over fact- our friendship. I think of back and forth as like uh, uh, fast break going one way, depossessed, fast break going the other way, depossessed, fast break going the other way. So I don't know. I don't know. We got to get some linguists in here. I guess so. Got to get a third. Uh, Yeah. And then we'll get them out of here. Just like we're going to kick Craig out and reset. Bye bye, Craig. Okay, uh, Sheffield United, Tottenham are up next. And uh, in the end, Tottenham sort of, I guess, yeah, waltzed to an away victory against uh, lackluster Sheffield United. Um, but the highlight of this match was the brilliant Tongi Ndombele goal in the second half. Um, Aurea opened the scoring with this weird header where he didn't even have to jump. It just like came in and he just 
scored easily and he's like five foot seven. So that was embarrassing. Um, Kane added a second by half time. And then McGoldrick halved the deficit after the break, only for Ndombele to pop up with a moment of magic, to be honest. He laid the ball off to Steven Bergwijn. Uh, and then he charged through the defensive line and he found space where Chris Basham should have been, but Basham had like leapt out of the line to try and close Bergwijn down. And then Bergwijn chipped this pass over the Sheffield United players, which was a little bit too long and it sort of drifted to the left. But Ndombele, who was running and facing away from the goal, sort of extended his right leg fell backwards and like arced a perfect lob over Ramsdale. And yeah, I mean, it was sublime, frankly. Um, there were like a couple of people saying, oh, did he mean it? Absolutely, he meant it. You can see on the on the footage, A, there's no one, he knows there's no one else uh, in the box with him um, anywhere near the goal. And B, he looks, you can see uh, in the replays that he looks at the goal where the ball is going in. So it was a gorgeous piece of improvisation. Um, to seal a good victory for Tottenham, I thought. Um, finally, not like bottling a a lead. Yeah, bottle him, you know, um, bottle him. Um, <laughs> I uh, just want to say uh, one: Dave McGoldrick only scores versus the top six. Um, I know it's great. It seems like every goal he has is against the good team, um, but then he him. can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, and I actually I would put him in this tier of strikers um, who are like Dwight Gale, um, mm. who are one of the best that you could hope for if you're a championship club. And if you're a Premier League team, you do not want him at all. He has um, five goals for them this season in the Prem. He's been pretty good. I don't know. He's been the bright spot. Um, yeah, but I think he's I, like a phenomenal championship striker. Yeah, I, I think he's a way better striker than um, Gale in the Prem. Because okay, I think well, he just offers there. more, right? Because... Sorry, not to like argue with you, but I just feel like Dwight Gale can basically do nothing but score. And so then when he can't score, he's terrible. But McGoldrick can actually play. So um, he's like more I've, useful, I guess. I fully agree. Um, mm-hmm. I would give Gale plus five million pounds to Sheffield United for David McGoldrick. Oh, yeah. Easy. Uh, easy. Easy peasy. Yeah. Uh, and then when Sheffield United go down, they have a great championship striker. Exactly. Um, and uh, the only thing that can make the end on Bale, uh goal better is if he had run over to the sideline and celebrated with Mourinho. Um, yeah, true. That in like a, a tongue-in-cheek yeah. celebration, but also a dig. Um, and uh, this match, it could have been more and it should have been more for Spurs. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... They got a good win, yeah. I guess. I, and Dombele is so fun to watch. The way he's sort of like... He's he like just spins around and like the way he dribbles is so odd. I don't know how to describe it, which is terrible podcasting. But I just I really like watching him play. Um, like I so, like him a lot. Yeah, hopefully his form continues. I mean, which is sad because I don't like Spurs. But there you go. Um, all right, then next is wow. We're already coming to the end. Um, Liverpool, Man United. Oh uh, my god. Um, Awful. Awful. I don't even barely want to talk about this. I sat through 90 minutes of this damp squib. Uh, that's what this was. And I, you know, you predicted it. And I feel like we were all thinking this was going to happen. And it did. Um, it's a better point for United than it is for Liverpool. But it, it's sort of like the best result for Man City. 
who we'll oh, yeah. come on to in a second. Um, yes, certainly. Yeah, because now they can they can go top right with their game in hand if they win it. Um, and yeah, I think Manu missed a. Ch- I just think him and Fernandez were absolutely dreadful, and it's because they're exhausted. I think I see it. They just they need a they need like a two week break. They need rest. In typical like American order form, uh, I of course saw people on Twitter talking about how Rashford should be bent, uh, overrated, and he needs to be benched. And uh, yeah, exactly. Like Did Twitter he... football fans. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so, we'll yeah, move. Yeah. Moving on from uh, something that felt like we were getting yeah. slaughtered. Uh, four. Palace zero. Um, So the assists of the year um, for the first goal Mm. from uh, very pleasing movement with the outside of the foot chipped cross. It's kind of like, but he actually um, very good. Uh, Ilki Gundogan uh, continues his unreal form, scores again with like a tremendous working it for himself goal. there were five defenders near him. Yeah. Um, really, really nice. Um, yeah. Then John Stones, uh, a man who didn't score in the Premier League for how long, uh, gets a double in this one, um, which mm-hmm. I was shocked by. Um, yeah. It was a, a Ruben Diaz great headed attempt, came back um, from the parry from Guaita. Uh, Gary Cahill is standing there doing nothing, uh, and John Stones just like passes it into the net. Um, and then the match ended with a gorgeous free kick from Raheem Sterling, which sort of uh, saves face from his bad missed penalty last yeah, match yeah. day. Yeah. No, this was City being super impressive once again, basically. And I think. I don't know. Uh, possib- I, see, I was just thinking about this today, right? Where it's like City were objectively quite poor at the beginning of the season. So I don't, I don't want to like just hop on a trend and be like, oh, you know, it's, it's City's to lose now. But they're clearly the best team in the league. And I guess, you know, if KDB stays fit, then you just got to back them to just not comfortably win it maybe, but sort of romp to the title. Um, which is sort of disappointing to me because I'd rather someone else wins it. But there you go. Yeah. Best form in the Premier League. Five yeah, wins five. five on the bounce. Yeah. And just super comfortable wins as well. Just like you were saying against Brighton, like it was never in doubt. And in this match, Palace had two shots and none on target. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Palace cool. is like traditionally a, a bit of a bogey team for them, right? You remember that a few seasons ago, that Andros Townsend goal where they like stunned them. Yeah. And yeah, Pep doesn't like Palace. He's scared of Palace and they just eased past them. So back to their best, I guess. Yeah. And with that being said, we oh, only have no. one more match to cover. Oh, no. Um, it is. Yeah, the uh, ninth game in a row uh, without a win. Uh, the last time Newcastle scored was a consolation against Leicester. And before that, the last time was uh, mid-December in mm. their draw with Fulham, where Fulham were terrible, but nothing Newcastle could do. 
would get them the winner in that game. Um, in this one, straight from the bats, uh, Newcastle were not good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that like strange idea that like Steve Bruce says, okay, they're they're a really good team with like good attackers. We should set up super defensively and try to hit them on the break. Yeah. Um, and then they put Andy Carroll up top, who's not a great holdup striker. Uh, no. And uh, so we can't ever get out of our defensive shell because we have no one to hold up the ball. And um, of course, if you give them attack after attack, after attack, after attack, after attack, eventually um, Arsenal will score. Um, they just have the quality to do so. Yeah. Um, and it was your typical, someone predicted this on Twitter. They tweeted like, I bet you the post-match talk is going to be like, we, I thought we played well in the first half mm-hmm. and then we got super unlucky in the second half, um, but we dust ourselves off. And that's almost word for word what Steve Bruce said post-match. Um, wow. I, the benefit from this, I think, is we're drastically, drastically slipping farther and farther down the table um, and everyone else mm-hmm. is getting wins. Um, Fulham are in decent form. West Brom got a win. Uh, Burnley, two wins in their last five. Brighton, just one. And then they have Newcastle, who two points from their last 27. Right. So it's not looking good, um, except for if we get into the relegation spots, that's hopefully when we will sack Bruce. And then that can be our hope for the season. Because if we don't sack him, uh, we're going to stay above the relegation spot until the last day. Uh, mm. And we go down on the last day. Um, let me actually God, check I, what I we have not. on the last day. I really I hope, hope not. West Ham. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. Um, yeah, because then you'll beat us, frankly. Um, yeah, I I didn't watch this match. I didn't catch it, unfortunately. Um, but I was sort of sad to see that the Arsenal had done it. I guess, I don't know. May, yeah, I know Bamian getting a brace. Maybe this is hopefully for Arsenal, I guess, the start of his resurgence. Um, yeah. I mean, do you think that you'll be, you're in danger of slipping into a relegation battle soon? Or do you think that that bottom three is sort of so far adrift that your okay start will save you? Okay. So we'll start with this. Burnley have a game in hand. Uh-huh. Um, and for some reason, so like people talk about games in hand, like, okay, well, like when this next match comes, uh, if they win it, they'll move ahead. And if they don't win it, then it's fine. But that's not what game in hand means. Game in hand means at some point this season, Burnley will have one more opportunity to get a win than Newcastle will have. It doesn't yeah. matter when that win comes, but if at some point from here to the end of the season, if Burnley have more net wins than Newcastle, then Burnley will finish ahead of Newcastle. Um, mm-hmm. And Burnley gets an extra opportunity at that. Um, yeah. So if at any point, if they finish plus one uh, net wins, they will move above Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Brighton, who are a good team, a really good team, uh, certainly better than Newcastle are two points behind. Um, although Newcastle have the game in hand over them. Uh, 
I do not believe we will win, get a uh, plus one net wins over Brighton. Um, mm. So I'm fairly confident we will finish below Brighton and Burnley. Um, okay. The teams above us, I'm not worried about looking up right now. I'm looking fully down. Then comes the benefits. Okay. Fulham are in 18th. And while they're yeah. playing well, they're not in blinding form. Four points mm-hmm. from the last 15. You wouldn't put it past them to pick up some wins against some bottom teams. And if they make up the uh, seven-point gap, why not? So well, well, do I think we're in a relegation battle? 100%. Ugh, well, that's depressing. Um, and let's just hope for some random uptick in form um well actually it gets worse our next matches villa leeds everton palace southampton chelsea manchester united wolves the next game that we should win comes on march 6th against west brom so we have a month and a half until the next match that we should on paper win. Mm. And that's all that they talked about during today's match. They were like, wow, when you look at the results, Newcastle are really horrible, like as if it were a surprise. Um, And they're like, oh, looking looking ahead. Oh, God. (laughs) Like. They have a well, horrible run I mean, we, coming up. We didn't expect to have any points on the table until like November, and we found ourselves mid-table. So hopefully you'll steal some of our, or at least emulate us a little bit. Okay, I think that well, that does it, doesn't it, for, for our match recaps. Shall we kick Craig, take a little break, and come back with our midweek predictions? Gladly. So... Moving on from one awful thing, um, a a team in awful form, uh, another person in awful form is me with my predictions. Um, And because of the the lack of matches until the next time we record, this is going to be a pretty short prediction. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can take a slightly longer amount of time, but uh, we uh, we can start with West Brom, West Ham. Well, you know me, always predicting a draw, uh, even though I secretly think we'll win this, hopefully. Um, I'm going 1-1. I have to pick one way, because I'm doing badly on the predictions. Mm. Um, and so as much as I think there, or like I, my heart says there'll be a, um, a Jai header to win it uh, for West Ham, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go obviously. a 2-1 win for West Ham. Thank you. Um, yeah, and just hope that you bite your tongue. Uh, yeah, true. I get the correct prediction. Okay, uh, Leicester City and Chelsea Football Club. Um, I think that Leicester should be revolted with themselves if they don't win this, frankly. They're so much better than Chelsea. I'm going 3-1 to Leicester. I'm going to go for the draw. Um, mm. It's one of those things. I think Leicester will be the better team on the night, but... Like you don't have to be the better team when you have mm. like some five hundred odd million invested in your squad. So yep. yep. All right. Uh Manchester City, Aston Villa. Uh Villa will be definitely rusty. This'll be easy three 0 victory for City, I reckon. Yeah, I don't even think they have all their players back. 
Um, I, I no, think... I don't think they do either. I, it probably will be more. You could see and, like a six. Yeah. I'm going to go 4-0. Um, I think like City are the best form team in the league and Aston Villa are going to be super rusty. So, mm. uh, Plus, I'll always back a Villa loss. Uh, yeah. Fulham, Manchester United. I am going to be a little bit controversial. I think we're going to see the start of a down patch for United. I won't predict them to lose, but I'm going to go for a drab 1-1 draw. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a bit of a weird prediction, but. I think it's going to be another match where Fulham play really well, um, and they're just super unlucky that they've played three really rich teams uh, right in a row with Spurs, Chelsea, Man U. Um, And so from that, they're only going to get one point, and they're going to lose this one 2-1, but uh, I think we're going to, like, break down this match and say Fulham were really unlucky not to get anything from it. All right, and now Liverpool-Burnley. I think Burnley will make it difficult, but if Liverpool wheel out... um, I we, I guess we didn't talk about this. I thought that Jordan, Shakiri and Thiago as midfielders was a really good pairing. Um, So, you know what? I'm going to go oh, 2-0. To Liverpool, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I really want to pick an upset, but I think I'm going to pick a draw, a 1-1 score draw. Um, I don't know. At some point, the, the lack of defense and the general poor form of like uh, particular Liverpool players is going to have to bite them. And this is one where I could see uh, like a, a Chris Wood header because they're playing Nat Phillips. Um, so I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, but that's half to be different because I have to pick up points uh, and half to half hopeful. So, hmm. um, okay. And then finally, uh, one I am not looking forward to, uh, Villa Newcastle next um... Saturday. I'm going to back you, Blake. You know what? I'm doing it. I think you'll win. And I think you will win. This is such a stupid prediction. Uh, 2-1. Well, there's only two options against Villa. Either we draw 1-1 or Villa score three goals against us. So I'm going to go for a 3-0 loss um, for Newcastle. Um, it's going to be like unbelievable like every like the national media is going to start talking about wanting to fire bruce and it's not going to happen but we're gonna inch and inch and inch our way down okay yeah so yeah pretty a pretty uh a depressing podcast for any newcastle listeners it's just me slagging on them but uh, here's a slightly more fun part of the podcast. It is yes. my five questions where I test your knowledge and your opinions. Um, the first one is, of course, uh, the where is a future or a past wonder kid? Um, and I mm-hmm. ask your opinion on whether they panned out or not, or if they peaked too early. So this player. I'll give you all his names except the names that he's known by. Uh, Tetchi, Charlemagne, Ulrich. 
Okay. Um, so that shouldn't give you any hints. Last time I accidentally... It should give you a hint, actually. Um, and he is a Danish center back. Okay. He, Although he's not from Denmark, but he chose to represent them. Um, okay. Because he moved... He lived in Denmark from age 15 on. Um, but he started his career off at... Oh, God. <laughs> Nordzealand? 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 Mm -hmm. uh, before moving to Villa and having an okay time, uh, before moving to Copenhagen, and since 2017, he has been at his current club. He has played for Denmark quite a few times. Um, and I remember him as being a pretty damn good player when he was at Villa. I am, of course, asking where Jorz Akore is. Oh, oh my God. Um, I think you got me here. I, 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 you know what? I have no idea. Um, okay, it's in Denmark. It's in Denmark. Um, FC Copenhagen. I, no, I don't. He said know. he left there in 2017. Oh. You're not gonna get it. Uh, it. Yeah, Michelin. I don't know. No, he plays for Alborg BK. Alborg, uh, also known as them. A A A B. You would mm -hmm. recognize their crest. Um. But uh, yeah, what's your opinion? of him do you remember his time at villa i you know what i don't really remember his time at villa very well um i know i remember him as a pretty aggressive defender he was very strong and fast right um yeah that's exactly what he's like best known for yeah um and yeah no you know what to be honest blake i don't i don't remember him too much at at, in, at villa um but i definitely know who you're talking about um and let me Google him right now. He um so well, he's, he, made, he's made quite a few appearances for Alborg. Hundred and one yes. in three years. That's pretty impressive. Um yeah, he's like a mainstay. He might be their captain or their vice captain or something. Oh, that's nice. Um but he um so when he moved to the Premier League, he um uh was a pretty decent player. Um mm -hmm. And then he played uh, against Newcastle, and he tore his ACL. Um, oh, yeah. and uh, like he wasn't the same player after that. Um, and eventually, he had like a falling out with uh, the manager, and they put him in the U21s. And then he was eventually like his contract ended, mm. and he went back to Denmark. And he seems to be doing well there. Yeah, um, mid-table Danish club. But there you go. Really quickly, someone else who's having a great time at Porto is Tony Martinez, um, the West Ham player uh, that we signed in 2016 from Valencia. He was super highly rated, and we never gave him a chance. I don't think he ever made a, a senior appearance for us, maybe a couple in the cup, um, and we loaned him out a bunch. And eventually, last season, 2019-20, he moved to 
how do you pronounce this Portuguese club? Family Chao or something? Um, who are in the Portuguese league. And he was really good for them. And he signed for Porto. And, you know, he's like playing in the Champions League and stuff now. And doing pretty, like, okay. Uh, he has like a goal here and there and a few assists. Not bad. So, um, yeah. I guess Porto, the the team where players go to revitalize their career. Like, you got... Malong Saar is there, loaned out from Chelsea. Marco Gruic loaned out from Liverpool. Chancel Mbemba, rebuilding it after Newcastle. And then Felipe Anderson, although apparently like he's been terrible for them. So maybe not, but yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other players who are currently there. Um... Uh, they got so many. They got so... I mean, Porto have a great team. Oh, um... They have uh mind. This name slipped my mind. Um yeah. Musa Morega is like yes, always, Musa always linked to and, Newcastle. And they have like a plethora of super pacey wingers. Um and they have what's his name at centre back? Pepe. They still have Pepe. Yeah, I know. He's like thirty seven now, I think. Super old, but playing for Porto, so there you go. Okay, that's enough Porto talk. It is enough Porto, Porto talk. Yeah, yeah. Porto podcast. Sorry about that. Okay, oh, let's, let's wrap it up with the rest of your questions. Okay. Um, through balls are generally a, a, a good metric of how uh, capable attacking a football team is um, usually there's a correlation between number of through balls and chances created. Right. Um, Newcastle are last in the Premier League in chances created, although maybe 19th. Um, we're like always fighting it out in the bottom three for mm-hmm. fewest chances created. Um, how many through balls do Newcastle has Newcastle completed this season? Oh my god. Uh, oh. I feel like this is one of those things where it's like if I give like a crazy number, it's going to be. Um, Want to see your guess? Give me like a. No, I can't. It's too okay. ridiculous. Um, uh, give me like. Okay. Com- as a whole team completed through balls, I'm just going to go 10. Okay. I will give you who is in 19th in through balls. Okay. And how many they have. Sheffield United with four. Oh, what What the hell? And Newcastle are below that. No way. Okay. Uh, two. Newcastle United have completed one through ball. That this is season. insane. Are you serious? That, yeah. wow. That's, that is. I heard that. I heard that on a podcast. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" It was oh, that um, just that just makes me nihilistic. Like, oh my god, that's just good. All right. So, uh, continuing with that, um, which player leads the league in through balls per game? Oh, it's it's got to be Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez is in second place with zero point oh. three through balls per game. Um, so in three games, Bruno Fernandes will have completed more through balls than Newcastle as a squad. God. So he, but he's second. Yes. Is it Harry Kane? No, it is Matches Pereira. 
with a wow, 0. really? 4, yeah, 0. Huh. 3, 0. 0.4 through balls completed per game. Okay. Yeah, nice. I know. More nice dire, dire Newcastle stats. Yeah, jeez. Um, I mean, come on. So it, You're just in every, every two and a half matches, Pereira has more than Newcastle have all season through the entire squad. Okay. Um, because the um, Chelsea-Fulham game ended with Timo Werner missing a wide open opportunity um, with a horrible finish, and I wrote in my notes like, LOL, Timo Werner is horrible. Um, rate from 1 to 10, Timo Werner's season. Uh, five. Uh, I think... I was just reflecting on this the other day. I'm like very worried that this is going to be like another Alvaro Morata situation where Alvaro Morata started at Chelsea super, super well, just like Timo Werner did and then fell off and then lost all his confidence and then obviously like moved around clubs and now is like great again because he's like a decent player. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's been very, very subpar for Timo Werner. Um, he's at a horrible club. So that's what's going to happen when you move to a terrible club with a not good manager. Um, I saw this like the athletic, the athletic who are, you know, if not the most reputable like source, then one of the most, they said that they, they confirmed or claim, I guess that Chelsea are preparing to table like a $200 million bid for Erling Haaland and like actually try and sign him which sounds like a daily mail like headline but apparently it's yeah. true um uh, i mean if erling Haaland, i would like cry if erling Haaland does that because that's the most disgustingly terrible move ever but yeah look like this is the club he's at right it's this just plastic club that has so much money and it's not working and uh, yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know what's what's what the future holds for timo werner at chelsea um, it's not looking great right now, that's for sure. Okay, and then my final question, uh, it puts it into your hands whether this podcast will end on a high note or a low note. <laughs> okay. Uh, do Newcastle United sack Steve Bruce this season? Uh, as in, do they or do I think they should? No, do they sack him? Oh, God, no. I'm so sorry. I don't think they do because I, I just don't think that What's his Mike Ashley cares, and I don't think you'll get relegated. So I think you're stuck with him to the end of the season. Um, I think the only way he gets sacked is if at if at any point we're if sitting in a relegation, relegation spot. Zone, yeah, yep, I uh, yeah, I agree, but I don't think you will. I don't think you will. I think you'll be spared that. I think you'll rediscover a little bit of form, at least a one patch this season, and then that will see you through to a terrible, sad finish in like 16th or something. But hopefully you sack him over the summer. I don't know. Okay. Uh, with that being said, thank you mm-hmm. for listening to episode 11 yes. of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Please email the show at peaked, the number two, earlypod yes. at gmail.com. Follow mm-hmm. us at peaked Too early pod. Uh, follow Oscar on Twitter at oh my O-H-S-C-U-H. Oh my God. C-U-H. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, and other folks he has finally blake has finally in episode 11 got my twitter handle correct well now imagine if uh i can get it right next time as well um 
I'm I used hope to so. you being Iron Hobbs. Uh, yeah. Well, I haven't used yeah. that Twitter handle in like I don't know four years or something. Um, I don't use Twitter uh, very much. So, but yeah. And wow. follow me at bmunch b m u n s h. Leave us a review. Yes. Email us anything. Uh, we'll answer any questions. Yeah, definitely leave us a review because we're still sitting on a three because of the other, the other Winkers. bloody podcast who sent their minions to be mean to us. So you know, if you have the time, please go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, stay and safe. Stay safe. Yeah. And see you soon. Bye. See you very, very soon.